Christ is risen. Today is, excuse me, today we celebrate the, the Reformation, which is really tomorrow. But we want to gather together around what happened a little bit over 500, <coughs> excuse me, 500 years ago when a Catholic monk named Martin Luther stood up to the Pope and questioned him on things that the church was doing wrong and put his life in danger and God protected him and and. Behold, he started the Reformation, and that's where we're in a Lutheran church today, this morning. Or you're watching us if you're online. Uh, and today you'll note we're doing uh, uh, some of the hymns that Martin Luther himself wrote this morning. And I'll warn you, sometimes some of his hymns are not the easiest to sing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <coughs> but the words are amazing. So you can just read the words if you can't sing, sing it to it. Um, but we have those two. Um, also, one of the things we're going to do a little different today, we haven't done it for a long time, but you know how every worship service we read the gospel down here, and that's to signify bringing the word back to the people, which is one of the things that Martin Luther did. And, and today, you may notice we have two acolytes, and uh, one's going to be the, what we call the, the cross-bearer, which we're used to. One's going to be the book-bearer, and he will actually bring the word of God down here, and then he'll hold it as I read it. Again, signifying bringing God's word back to the people for you. Uh, sermon text will be in a combination of the epistle lesson from uh, Romans 3 and the gospel from John 8. Um, and I think if you did the devotion this week, you got enough of Psalm 46. So, although we were reciting that one responsibly. With that, I'm going to ask you to rise as we sing our opening hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I... Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing all glory be to God on high.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Merciful Lord, in darkness you shine your light and send forth your word that those who hear may believe and believing may live by your gracious favor. As once you renewed a people lost in error and without the comfort of your gospel, so bring this renewal to our time that sin may be forgiven, death overcome, and faith may cling to Christ alone. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. So today we commemorate the Great Reformation and lay claim to the legacy of the pure doctrine and the zeal for the proclamation of the gospel. The gospel that grew out of this movement. And we give thanks to God for his gospel, for the doctrine that flows from that gospel, and from Martin Luther, who recalled the church to its truth with such clarity and conviction. In the first reading from Revelation, we will hear the message that the church is given to proclaim until Christ comes again. In Romans, Paul gives a clear explanation of what it means to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And in the Gospel of John, we are taught that we are his disciples and free because we abide in his life-giving word. First reading is from Revelation 14, verses 6 through 7. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the seas and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. And we'll read together Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The epistle reading is from Romans 3, verses 19 through 28. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we, are ho- for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise.
Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Do you have any children that would like to come up for the children's message this morning? doing well? So you guys like to play with clay? So I you do have to wash your hands afterwards and I will wash my hands afterwards. I promise that. Um, one thing about clay at least if it's soft clay you can, you can mold it, you can sculpt it you can build it into something. So it's Play-Doh. That's exactly what it is. So, but, but not yet, because now, because now I'm going to make it into something. You guys need to kind of figure, tell me if you can figure out what I'm making as I kind of get it. A what? What did you say? No, nope. A what? A cross? Wow, that's pretty good. That is a cross there, but nope. A person. Let me give him another leg. I heard that. Isn't that a pretty good person? <laughs> kind of weird, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I... <laughs> well, then. But I'm going to put my little person who looks like a turtle over here for a moment, Okay. <laughs> Um, Joseph, thank you. <laughs> I have no clue what I was going to say now because I had this turtle implanted in my brain. So let's see if we can get there. So um, I really have no idea where I was going. <laughs> Give me a fist punch on that one, dude. It's not often that I lose what I am thinking about. So we'll, we'll see if I can figure out what I was trying to do. So. In our readings, in all of our readings together, none of them mention clay, right? But they all deal with the idea of molding something. And what God does with his word, he gave us his word back. He gave it back to the people, which is why we read it there among the people. And, and so what he does with that word is he molds you, Joseph. God molds you into what he wants you to be. You got that? 
So you've got to listen to them, okay? Because what people often do is when they realize, oh, by the way, God has emboldened each of you also into something. But often what we do when we, we realize that, you know what? Sometimes we like to do things that are really fun, but we're not supposed to do them. Do you guys ever do that? Do something that's really fun that you're not supposed to do? Mom or dad said, no, you can't do that. Or at school, nope, you can't do that while you're in school. Do you guys ever do that? Yeah, I got four yeses. Oh, I got five. Okay, unanimous. Okay, good. What do we call that? Sin, right? And when we call that sin, what we're doing is we're kind of remolding our own self or worse. We're listening to the devil, and the devil is molding us into something really Ugly, huh? I have no idea what that is. It's what? Okay. That's a pretty ugly tree, though, I think. It's a dead tree. Absolutely. And that's what happened to us if we live in... Thank you again. Joseph, you're doing great today. I did not give him those answers. He's doing this on his own. This is good. And so... What happens when we listen to all those things and we don't, we take God's word and we shut it up and we push it away or we change it, and that's even worse sometimes. We change God's word to say something that fits what we want to do instead of what God would have us do. And these, us, our clay bodies become, and our spirit inside it becomes something really ugly because it's full of sin. But, and it's pretty bad, huh? We'll just put him away for right now. But what God does is God gave us a rescue. What was that? Jesus, you're right, right? So so Jesus came, lived the perfect life for you guys and all of them and everybody else in the world. And then what happened to Jesus? He got crucified on a cross. But he came back to life, right? And that's the proof that we need that God, God sent Jesus to take care of us so that we have a place in heaven with him. And so if I could, I would mold a beautiful soul because that's what we have. But I just have to tell you that because I can't do that. Inside each one of you is a soul, right? It's, and that we, we gave forgiveness this morning, right? Through, when we first got here, that one of the first things we did, we sang a song, and then we, we confessed our sins quietly, and then God forgave us and makes our soul perfectly clean again. Now, I guarantee you that all of them will sin possibly before they leave church this morning. But so will we, right? Somebody out there is thinking about the football game going on in Europe right now, in London, because they play fantasy football and they want to know whether they win or lose. Somebody says, Pastor, don't preach too long because I want to get home for that 49er game. Good thing it's a 1.30 game today or something like that, so we don't have to worry about that. But we sin. And so God continually molds us into his creature with his wonderful gift of forgiveness that comes through his word. Now, I'm going to give you guys, excuse me one second, so I don't have to go too far. So this little coin is, uh, on one side it's in Latin, but good news, on the other side it's in English. And what it is, we call these the three solas that by grace alone, through scripture alone, that's the Bible, and by faith alone, we are all saved. 
That's the the focus of what the Reformation is, which we're celebrating today. So I'm going to give each one of you a coin, and then we're going to pray. Here you go, Joseph. And see if you can learn that Latin one. And maybe next week you guys can say it to me in Latin. That would be kind of cool, huh? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus who lived and died for all of us. We thank you for the gift of Martin Luther, who you molded into a saved individual to preach your word. And Lord, we thank you today for all those who share your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. We sing our hymn of the day. That's yours. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, today, so tomorrow is actually Reformation, but today we're celebrating or observing the celebration um, and looking back at what happened, the whys about it, and how it affects you and me today. Um, October 31st, 1517, a professor of theology, a monk named Martin Luther, nailed 95 ceases onto the door of the chapel of Wittenberg. And with the sound of that hammer hitting the nail, a revolution that changed the world started. The revolution was one of returning God's word, returning the proper understanding of God's grace, and one of beginning to see God once again as God presents himself to us. This had tremendous implications for the church, Pretty obvious as we are worshiping more than 500 years later in a Lutheran church. But if you look at the Reformation or read about it or see it on TV, um, shows that are related to it, 
you will see that all kinds of changes took place in the world because of Martin Luther's stand against the false leadership and the false teachings of the church of those days. People talk about cultural change that went along in, in getting the Bible back into the hands of the common people. Sociologists talk about how much society changed when someone finally challenged the Pope and the leadership of the church. Educators praised the change in educational philosophy that went along with educating all people so that they could in turn educate the members of their own household. There is so much that you and I can talk about today. But here in this place, in God's house, we need to remember the main point of the Reformation. The Reformation was not about education or sociology or culture. The Reformation in 1517 was simply about returning to the freedom given to us in the gospel. And that is what it is still about today. Of all the 95 theses, and I tried to read them every year, there is one that stands out to me, and it's number 62. And this is what it says. It says, the true treasure of the church is the most holy gospel of the glory and the grace of God. As you all know, I love the word grace. I use it a lot. Sometimes in Bible study, they sit there and count with the number 20 times, Pastor. You can slow down now. Right? But that's what it's about. I know it doesn't sound like anything profound to us today. Um, we talk about the gospel. We talk about the grace of God all the time. But let's go back in time and see things through the eyes of this young monk, Martin Luther, for just for a few moments this morning. This young guy was all set to go to school to become a, a lawyer. His dad had worked hard to give him that opportunity, same opportunity that he never had. His, uh, to, the, to the dismay of his father, young Martin Luther told him, Dad, I'm going to go to school to be a monk, a Catholic priest. And he took his studies with vengeance, but this is where the problems began. As Luther began to learn from his teachers, he discovered how much was lacking in his life and how much sin he had in his life. If you read the first two verses of, of our Romans reading, he would have known exactly what this meant and how to apply that, this message of condemnation and law to his life. This is what those words say. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes a knowledge of sin. The law of God was clear to him. The problem was that no one was teaching what the Bible actually teaches us about how to find peace and freedom in Jesus Christ. So the more Luther learned about his sin, the more he tried to fix the problem of sin on his own. He tried to make things right by his own efforts. He wouldn't just confess his sins. He would sit in the confessional for hours trying to recall every single sin that he had committed since the last time he was in the confessional. It's an impossible task. Luther just didn't know it then. Luther tried to treat 
his body severely to punish himself for his own sins. He would beat his body with a whip. He would go out and lie in the snow all night with so much as only a blanket. But the more he tried to fix it, the more he tried to please God with these actions, the more he would realize how foolish his attempts were. And he would fall deeper and deeper into despair until he eventually fell into a a deep depression and he got angry at God. Maybe some of you have been there. This is what Luther said. How could God set up such strict rules all the while knowing we would never be able to satisfy him that we would always fall short? But Luther continued to study. And as he read through the Psalms, God made something click in his brain. He read Psalm 51 and started to see that there was another side to God that he did not know. He started to understand that God does inflict us with standards for holiness and purity, which you and I cannot obtain by ourselves. But God is also the answer to our sins. The very first verse of Psalm 51 was especially powerful for Luther. This is what it says. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Luther began to recover or rediscover the central message of the Bible, that God loves his people, that God forgives his people, that God gives us, poor, miserable sinners, his righteousness as our hope and as our security. For so much of his life, Luther tried to get to God by being good, by doing penance, by visiting holy relics, by hurting himself, by punishing himself, and none of it worked. There was still sins. There were still reasons to doubt. There were still glaring examples of how far he still needed to go. But the gospel message changed all of that that God would come to him, that God could give salvation, not as a prize, but as a free gift, that God would actually give him righteousness, give the sinner forgiveness, give the hopeless the promise of eternal life with him. Imagine for a second how much just that thought changes everything. And this change is what you and I celebrate in God's house this morning, and every morning for that matter, that we have the truth, not just the law and our sinfulness and our hopelessness and the righteous anger of a just and holy God, but we also have been given the truth that God himself is the answer to your sinfulness and mine, to your hopelessness and mine. That God sent his only son to be, as Romans says, and as we talked about last week, the propitiation or the substitutionary sacrifice for all of our sins and the sins of the whole world. That God loves us, and he destroys your sins and mine with his son's death. And he replaces our sins and his wrath with his own son's purity and holiness and eternal 
unwavering love. I love how our reading from Romans spells this out beautifully. It says this, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This is the central focus of the Reformation. This is the central focus of the word of God. This is the gospel. That though we all have sinned against God, although the law makes it clear that we deserve God's eternal punishment, God has given you and me and all of us his grace as a gift that he himself is a sacrifice for your sins and mine. And this is a gift that we receive not through what we do or what we deserve or what we earn. But it is, as Romans says, to be received by faith. This faith that itself is even a gift undeserved from God. This is what is real freedom for us. So today, the work of the Reformation continues because the message of freedom is so different from anything else in our current world and has power like nothing else in the world that people have a hard time with it. Even people that met Jesus himself struggled with the idea of God's grace given freely to them. We see it in the gospel lesson. Jesus said to the Jews, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus starts telling those folks about the truth of his teaching, of his grace, and of the gospel and how it can free them. What do they do? They immediately started talking about how they don't need to be free because they aren't slaves to anyone or anything. They start pointing out to all kinds of other stuff that they think can save them, their heritage, the rules they follow as children of Abraham, their way of life, and their list goes on and on. But Jesus says to them, nothing apart from me can truly give you freedom. Nothing apart from me can offer you forgiveness and life and eternity. And the same message is for us here today. All of us at times need a reformation moment. All of us at times need to return to what God says and does and reveals to us in his word. Because all of us, even us Lutherans, who know all the verses of a mighty fortress and know that Luther's wife was named Katie and that she snuck out of a convent hiding in an old fish barrel and all that kind of wonderful stuff can lose sight of what is more important or most important about our faith. It's easy to get lost in all the details, isn't it? It's easy to get lost in trying to, f- to fight Luther's battle- battles on our- in our own lives. It's easy to try and set ourselves free, to think all of that we might do to get back into God's good graces, to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. And we treat God like he's there 
only when we need him. But neglecting to realize how desperately you and I need him. It's all too easy for us to try to think of ways to get God to notice us and to see us and to love us. When he's already accomplished everything for us on the cross. The truth is that the son has indeed set us free. He has freed you and me from sin by paying their deadly price in full. He has shown us that he not only notices us, but that he loves us completely and wholly by willingly shedding his blood and dying for you and me and everyone else on the cross because of our sins. Hope, sure and certain hope, rooted solely in Christ's redemption and resurrection is given to you and me. The Reformation message is simple. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. We can't save ourselves. We can't grab a hold of him. We can't trust our own abilities, our activities, or sensibilities. We have to, to rely on God to save us, to hold on to us. And what we celebrate on Reformation Sunday, actually every day, is that this is exactly what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. He has caught us, and he will never let us go. He has forgiven us, and he won't turn away. He has promised us the kingdom of heaven, and he won't back down. Today, we thank God for using Luther to start a reformation, returning people to the good news of Christ's love. We can also thank God that the, this reformation impacts your life and my life today. And it is the root of who we are and why we exist as a church, to continue to share with people who are slaves to darkness, that the Son of God calls them to experience the same joy and freedom that Luther experienced and that you and I experience as well. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Brothers and sisters, that it is what you are. Happy Reformation Day. Amen. Let us rise and profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe... Friends in Christ, I urge you all to lift up your hearts to God and pray with me as Christ our Lord has taught us and freely promised to hear us. God, our Father in heaven, look with mercy on us, your needy children on earth, and grant us grace that your holy name be hallowed by us and all the world through the pure and true teaching of your word 
and the fervent love shown forth in our lives. Graciously turn from us all false doctrine and evil living, whereby your precious name is blasphemed and profaned. Lord, in your mercy, may your kingdom come to us and expand. Bring all transgressors and those who are blinded and bound in the devil's kingdom to know Jesus Christ, your son, by faith, that the number of Christians may be increased. Lord, in your mercy, strengthen us by your spirit according to your will both in life and in death, in the midst of both good and evil things, that our own wills may be crucified daily and sacrificed to your good and gracious will. Into your merciful hands, we commend Barbara, who is now home, recovering from her surgery and awaits the final determination of whether she has cancer or not. We also lift up Sandy, who will be having surgery this Tuesday to remove a, a cancerous spot and also have that checked out to see Um, at what level it is. And we ask that you be with her also. And all who are in our need, praying for them at all times. Thy will be done, Lord, in your mercy. Grant us our daily bread. Preserve us from greed and selfish cares and help us trust in you to provide for all our needs. Lord, in your mercy. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us so that our hearts may be at peace and may rejoice in a good conscience before you, and that no sin may ever frighten or alarm us. Lord, in your mercy, lead us not into temptation, O Lord, but help us by your Spirit to subdue our flesh, to turn from the world and its ways, and to overcome the devil with all his wiles. Lord, in your mercy. And lastly, O Heavenly Father, deliver us from all evil of both body and soul, now and forever. Lord, in your mercy. We trust, O Lord, in your great mercy to hear and answer us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is good and right for us at all times and in every place to offer you thanks and praise, O Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For you have kept your word and, and kept your people in your word, so that the gates of hell shall not prevail, nor your gospel be silenced by error or deceit. Knowing you as both just and the justifier, We join our voices with all the faithful who have gone before us with your church throughout the world and join the angels and the archangels in praising you and singing the glory of your name throughout all eternity.
Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Lord, we remember before you the suffering and death of your only Son, who paid our debt to sin and with his one all-sufficient sacrifice on the cross and rose to raise us from the grip and death of sin to new and everlasting life. Grant that we may come to this holy sacrament of your Son's body and blood with clean hearts and receive to our benefit with faith the fruits of his redeeming work. And so rejoice in the pledge and the promise of eternal life, which is also given and bestowed in this blessed communion of his flesh and blood, just as he has promised. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O oh Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your, your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
Please rise. Let us pray. O gracious God, we give you thanks for having fed and nourished us through your word of life. And the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, grant that by your spirit we may keep in holy hearts, confess with holy lips, and display in holy lives the precious grace that has saved us without worth or merit on our part. Having received this truth faithfully from those who sent before, grant us the will and desire to faithfully pass on this sacred treasure to those yet to come. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray.
Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Go ahead and sit down. Our closing hymn is, is Salvation Unto Us Has Come. It's a long one. So on verse 10, which is the final verse, please rise. Uh, on verse 10, not now.
Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Do we have any announcements this morning? Okay. Ella? So the preschool is having a craft fair fundraiser on December 10th. And we are renting tables, but I don't want to say we are renting tables. There will be tables available for anybody that would like to sell their crafts on December 10th. And the only proceeds that the school will collect are the free will offering to reserve the tables, uh, the bake sale, and there will be a free will offering as you enter. So you can come and shop and for Christmas. It's a nice, easy way. But if anybody here would like to reserve a table, um, if you know anyone that does crafts and would like to reserve a table, please talk to me. Um, we're asking for a minimum of $20 for the reservation for the table. Um, we're hoping to get at least 15 tables. We would like to have a good crowd, if we could. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to talk to me. I'm at the preschool all the time, and I will have a flyer in the messenger next week. Thank you. Thanks, Ella. Any other announcements? Sandy? Carrie Link is unable to be here this morning. She asked me to remind everyone that we are sponsoring a tour of One Safe Place. This is out of the Care and Concern Committee. For those of you who do not know about One Safe Place, it is a wonderful, just wonderful facility in this community to help women who have been victims of domestic violence. And it, we'll talk about the program, we'll see what the whole facility is like and what a blessing it is in our community. If you haven't signed up, if you'll let me know, uh, sometime this week, we're, it will be on the 4th. We will meet in the parking lot at 9.30, and the tour is at 10. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Anybody else? Okay, so you heard Carrie could not be here, so she actually had an announcement, and it is sitting on my desk. So I will try to give it to you what it is, and we'll get it into a messenger out there, or Carrie will not be happy with me. So as you know, in the narthex, we have the uh, shoebox size boxes for for the Christmas gift that we're, we sent through uh, Samaritan Purse, and it goes mostly overseas, but it goes all, all over in the United States also. So just a couple of things you wanted to, to, all to know, that uh, as on the side wall here in the narthex, you'll see a lot of, a lot of things, small gifts. I, sh I showed you the flashlight last week. It, those are for if you can't find something and you need something else to put into the box, and it matches what you're missing, you can grab one of those. Most of those, what they're going to be, we're going to be having a, uh, a packing party, and then we're collecting extra things so that we can actually build a whole bunch more to send along with it also. But if you can't find something and you need something, you can help yourself to the things there. The boxes, there are boxes out there. You grab the boxes if you want to take one. And I believe uh, uh, they, they asked for a donation of $10, which covers the shipping cost of it. And there's paperwork in each box. There's a couple of other lines that she had on that piece of paper, but I'll have to wait till we send it out to the messenger because I forgot it. Um, we have uh, coffee, water, tea, 
maybe snacks. I don't know. There are snacks also. Bible study in about 20 minutes at quarter till. Uh, Book of Romans, join us for any and all of that. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Remember, God loves you with his gospel. Share it.